to our next episode of uh, Coaching for Profit. I'm Brandon Moore, and I'm joined here today with uh, Maggie Daniel, with who is our Executive Director of Operations for BKM PC Certified Public Accountants. How are you Hello. doing, Maggie? I'm good. How are you this morning? Good. Uh, we are in two different cities, but uh, this is the great thing about technology is we can record this uh, across the across the state of Texas or across the country. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about knowing your customer. What does that sound like to you, Maggie? Knowing your customer sounds like, well, first it sounds like a marketing. I'm very, like, I usually have so much to say. And this morning my brain is just going blank. And so that's fun. But just like a, it's a marketing tactic is what it sounds like at first. But something that I also think is important in my head anyways, is knowing what you want to know about your customer too. And so I think that's a two-parted question, two-part question is knowing what you want to know and then also actually knowing your customer or your client, however you're choosing to look at them. Yeah. And and, and really it's, it is about marketing. It's a, it's more in the, the line of how to, when you understand your customer, then you can find out what their, what their needs are and know if what you're selling or how you're selling is being effective. Right. And if you're, if you're meeting those needs. So we're going to go over, I've got about seven things that you can do to help you understand and, and know your customer better. One of the first things is create kind of an avatar of your customer. Give them a name. Uh, we did this at our uh, company meeting where we were thinking about who is, what is our niche market or who is our, our ideal customer. And we kind of went through and recommended, I recommended that y'all think of what, what customers do we currently have that we like to work with, that we enjoy working with, and that uh, they uh, use a lot of our services, if not all of them. Yeah. And when we did that, it brought up something really important. I'm sure we're going to talk about this later, but every single time I started building that avatar in my head and thinking about who our, like, ideal customer is it was always all of, every time it was those people that I have the best relationships with to start with and it's funny that the people that I have the best relationships tend to be the people that use the most of our services and I don't think that's a coincidence right I mean those people not only have a really great relationship with me most of those clients also have a really great relationship with you and with two or three other of our staff members and that's definitely not a coincidence. And so I think that probably is step one. I mean, the base definition of knowing your client, right. Would be having a relationship with them. And so. Yeah. And and just thinking about the current, the relationships you have currently with, with those clients and, and figure out who are they? I mean, and once you have those ideas of that, that client, that ideal client or the ones that you like to work with, what are their, what do they look like? Are they married? Do they own a business? Do they have, or do they have, what kind of income are they generally income levels? Where do they live? What do they drive? What, there's a lot of things that you can, you can glean from. And, and then you have several, you might have several different clients or customers that you enjoy working with. And then what do they have in common? What do they, what do they share that seems to be working for both? our firm and or our business and and them as well. And I was actually thinking about that, like looking back at my old, like my old employment 
options. And it's funny that those ideal clients change with the services that I was selling, right? So here, my ideal client that I work with that I have the best relationships are almost all business owners. They're almost all family people. They're almost all fitting in the same niche. However, when I used to work at the gym selling gym memberships, I'm the same person that I was then, but my quote unquote ideal customer was not that at all. It was single people who younger, I didn't know if they owned a business or not, but those were the ideal customers that I had the best relationship with. That doesn't mean that I changed or that the types of people are that I had form relationships are different. It's just, since I'm selling something different, I'm working somewhere else. That type of client is different. And so no matter what you're selling, you can always find that relationship niche first, and it might change if you change your services. Absolutely. Yeah. And then when you have that ideal customer in mind, really build it out and, you know, really get into the, the, the demographic and the psychographic. The next part is the psychographic is getting into their mind, into their heads. What do they, why do they buy from you? Why do they come to your store or firm or whatever? What makes our relationship a relationship that they chose over somebody else? And, and these questions are hard to get, it, get at if you don't know your customer. But once you have those customers in mind and who they are, you can kind of glean from that relationship some overview uh, psychographic or, you know, decision-making process, understanding their decision-making process. Yeah. So some of those questions might be, you know, what do they buy? How do they buy? And how do they make buying decisions? What are their needs? Sometimes it's where do they buy? Um, You might find that a coffee shop has a lot of business downtown where there's people walking around and, and, and going shopping. And, but if you take that same coffee shop and you put it on a, a busy corner, it may not do as well. Yeah. And have a completely different. So, you know, location matters. Absolutely. In some of those instances. I know that there are some businesses that, you know, they seek out that college niche where there's a lot of people walking around. It's a lot of foot traffic rather than vehicle traffic. And they get a lot of business uh, or they find their business from that location mapping. Yeah, absolutely. What's another way we can understand our customer or know our customer? What's something that we've been, we started this last year doing? Yeah, I think the most important is asking, like actually asking the clients that you have those relationships with those questions. Why did you? choose us? Why do you continue to choose us? Because I can have in my head that client A has chosen to work with me because X, Y, Z. But then if you ask them that their answers are different than what you assume their answers are going to be. And so oftentimes, if you have that good enough relationship, your assumptions are right, but not always. And taking the time to ask and send those surveys and, you know, surveys aren't always the most effective because people are, I think, bogged down with surveys. You get a survey after you go to the coffee shop now, like you get a survey everywhere you go, but people do fill those out and I answer them personally. And so I know people do, but just asking is something that I think is super important and something that people sometimes are nervous to do because you don't want an answer you don't want to hear, but, uh, but it's important. 
you know, sometimes the, the answers you don't want to hear are the ones that you, you need to hear. Exactly. Surveys don't always give you those type of, of, because it's usually yes, no, or how likely, somewhat likely, not very likely. Right. Or satisfied, not, not satisfied, dissatisfied in, in scales of that. But there's also quizzes. You can, you can send out quiz asking people um, various aspects of your business to see how much they know about you or how much they know about the service offerings that you have. But yeah, those net promoter score and, and surveys, and especially that dialogue bo- box at the end mm-hmm. where they can, they can actually say something else or put some other comments in there. Those are very valuable. Yeah, absolutely. What's another way to get that kind of information directly from the client about the, about your, your business? Adding them on social media. Social media is a tool that is just becoming more and more essential for clients and for businesses to be using. It's if you're not already using Facebook or those, the big ones, and it's something that you got to start doing and it's hard to get into because it can be discouraging because you can have a Facebook and you think you're putting out great content and you're getting no likes from it. And that's a huge bummer, but it's about persistence and you make those social media posts and then you go and you like your client's stuff and hopefully they start reciprocating and commenting. And that's really where you get a lot of that information from. Yeah. And there's actually, you know, social media is a great place to get direct feedback from clients and customers. You know, even if your business is something that doesn't lend itself well to social media posts, like it actually will do better than you think yeah. um, to have a social media presence. And uh, sorry, I was just going to say, even if you think your business doesn't lend itself well to Facebook, for instance, ours, it's hard to come up with content sometimes. That's not just like dreadfully <laughs> boring with like an IRS link or something. Right. If you don't have that social media, I know for at least for me and, and my generation and younger, obviously, if you look up a business and there's no Facebook page, you're like, is this, are they even still open? <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. you, <laughs> you see, the first thought is like, okay, like, where are they? They don't have a website. If you don't have a website, if you don't have a Facebook, your new client pool almost immediately gets lower because especially, and if you have a Facebook or a social media that looks super outdated, that's another huge red flag to people my age and younger, because it's like, what are you even doing? And it's right. hard. So even that's just valuable. So. Yeah. And there's, you know, active listening on social media, it, you know, is, is also, uh, there's, there's a, there are softwares that you can buy that we haven't done this, but there are softwares you can buy that will listen to any post about your company or your brand and bring that to your attention. And so you, you kind of, you will be able to see what other people are saying about you, yeah. even though they may not link to you or hashtag you or whatever yeah. the term, the terminology is that showing my age here, but yeah, so social media can be a great source of, uh, of finding out what your customers say about you and what they think and their responses toward your company. But there's another place that you can go and it's not as utilized in, in, as it should be Google reviews or Yelp reviews. Yeah. Yelp reviews make me so nervous. Cause you know, you always think of just the bad ones. <laughs> so right. yeah. And there's always that's those, those formats get, lend themselves to people just dumping on the businesses if they had a bad experience. But even if they have a bad experience, the way the company responds 
to those bad reviews can mean the difference. If you get sassy back to the, to the customer review, that doesn't bode well for your company. But if you answer honestly and apologize for their, their experience and hope that they have a better one next time, just use your best judgment and, and respond. I think a response is, is necessary. Uh, if you don't respond to a bad review, you're just leaving it out there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes on Google or Yelp, you may not know that you have a review. And so you may, you might need to go and, and search those out to see if they're there. Yeah. And I think that also it's great to be utilizing those tools because on most of those things, if the client has an account, if they comment on your post, you can look at their account and see what else they're commenting on. And I think that's important to, I know that not everyone has like unlimited time to just be like stalking their clients. But if you had a second, if you were interested in knowing, okay, this was a good client that I liked working with. They liked working with me. You could go look at their account and see what else they like. What are the other things that they're buying? What are the other things that they're using? What are the other things that they are enjoying and why? And that can help you build that, what, you know, that profile that we were talking about. So it's, it's a great tool because if the clients are making those reviews other places, it's a great place to just be pulling some more data and more information and just kind of helping rounding out that, that client base. That's that's great. It kind of leads to my next method of knowing your customer is, is uh, checking out your competitors reviews. So if you have a competitor, a direct competitor in your locality or a national competitor somewhere else, looking and seeing how the customers respond and, and what they're saying about your competitors can be a great, give you great insight into who that customer is yeah, and what they're looking for in, in the business. Yeah. If that competitor doesn't have a social media, that makes it hard because right. hopefully everybody's getting a social media and everybody's getting those Google reviews open and ready to go so that we can all work off each other. Yeah. And what you, you know, what most businesses don't understand or, or, or some businesses don't understand, not most, is that, that you can manage your business site on Google. If you look up Google My Business on Google's web, website, then you'll be able to go in and see what's there. You can say this is, tell them this is my business. They'll confirm it by sending you a postcard, which is really low tech. And I don't know why they do that, but that's that's what they're doing right now. and. That confirms and verifies that you are the owner of the business when you when you receive it. And then you can manage that profile and uh, make sure that it's up to date so that uh, customers can find you. Yeah. The last thing that I, I really, I, this, this one probably I should have put first. After, maybe after the who is your customer, give them a name uh, section. But it's creating a customer journey map. This is the client experience. This is what does the customer do when they engage your company? I've done this a couple of times with with our business and then with a church that I worked for for a little while. The church, I took all the staff to the front door of the church and I said, okay, we're going to walk through and you guys are going to pretend that you're first time visitors and you've never been here before. And let's even go further that we've never been to a church before. And walk through and see things with new eyes. And it was kind of amazing that we unlocked a few things that, you know, we take for granted because we go there every day. And I think with the business, you know, we did that with our managers at the firm. 
and talked about, okay, when people drop off their things, what happens? What happens next? What happens next? And we found out that there was a window of time where the client was in the dark. And we realized, hey, we need to, we need to fill that darkness with some light and improve that, that uh, client experience there. You said something that I think is important. It's that you said that think that we take this for granted. And I, I think that all businesses struggle with this because you're doing this every day, whatever it is for us, it's tax work. But if you're a restaurant or I mean, you're, you're thinking about that food all day long, you're thinking about how it tastes. You think about how it looks. You're thinking about that all the time, but your customer walks in the door and they may never have had pho before. And so I don't know what that looks like. And so as you're getting to know your customers and your clients, you have to think about that experience so that you can figure out, okay, well, how am I going to market this to people who have never had pho before? Okay. How am I going to set up my business so that they know how to order the pho when they come in? How am I going to make sure that the customer feels like they want to try this new thing or want to use us again without like alienating them? Because what you said with the tax firm, some people, we just assume that people understand their taxes because I understand your taxes because, well, not me personally, I don't always understand the taxes, but <laughs> our associates understand the taxes because they literally are looking at tax forms all day right, long, right. but our clients aren't. And so it's just so important to think about that and think about like, what are we taking for granted on the inside as something as common knowledge? And I used air quotes there. Mm-hmm because it's not necessarily common knowledge. And so you could be missing out on huge marketing opportunities. For instance, back in COVID times, which I guess we're still in, but in the the big heat of it, right at the beginning, the government was releasing all of these regulations and all of these things. And then when we had the um, extensions for the tax deadlines, we knew about it because we were paying super duper close attention to that stuff because that affected us directly. But our clients might not have known about that. And so we took the opportunity to start posting about those. Okay, here are the updates. Here are the payroll updates. Here are the the updates about your tax extensions, all of that, because those are marketing opportunities that would have we could have easily missed because we took those for granted because I obviously was paying very close attention to those. But we had several people comment on our social media like, oh, thank you. I had no idea or, you know, whatever. And that that, that applies to all businesses. I think that's a yeah. huge part of knowing your clients and remembering that they aren't immersed in your business every single day, like you are. So that's right. And, and what's one of the, the things that frustrates me about when I try a new product or I go and, and try something new, a new business or, or go onto a new website, it's not easily accessible when you can't figure out from the, the first page, what your next steps are and what, yeah. what, uh, what the expectations are, what expectations you should have. And that happens through communication, but you don't know to communicate to communicate that if you don't put yourself in the client's shoes. You have to walk around in their shoes to see your client experience or customer experience with new eyes uh, to really understand what's going on in their heads and, and, and how they're feeling when they walk through the door. Yep. Well, that's, this has been great. I think that uh, this is going to help our, our clients and our, our business owners that listen to this podcast. I appreciate everybody listening to this podcast. If, you've, if you like this, go ahead and give us a, a like and a share. If you want to give us a review, that'd be fantastic as well. This is, uh, I'm, I'm Brandon Moore, and this is Maggie Daniels, and we're, uh, or Daniel, not Daniels. 
S. Don't confuse the two. So, uh, and we're, we're, uh, this, the podcast is coaching for profit where we, we believe that profit comes from your potential minus any barriers. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Good time. Good time.